This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hockey Central here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I'm Haley Salvian here with you. For the next hour, uh, I guess a little bit of housekeeping before we really get into the show here. This is the only show of the week uh, for the next 10 days because the Women's World Hockey Championships is uh, kicking off tomorrow. It is in Brampton, Ontario, outside of the the GTA. So I'm going to be in Brampton from April 5th until the 16th uh, to catch Team Canada, Team USA, Switzerland, Japan, Finland, the top 10 best teams in the world kind of fighting for a gold medal. So that will be, uh, you know, no Hockey Central from me for those next 10 days. So that will take us through the big stretch run of the Calgary Flames season. So we're going to try to pack a lot in here today. Uh, we're going to talk to Darren Haynes. He's covered the Flames for a long time. He works with the Canadian press right now. Uh, so he's going to join us at the top of the hour to talk about the Calgary Flames. It is a game day. We'll tee up the game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, and then later in the show, we will spend some time diving into the Women's World Championships. Uh, so so Ailish Forfar, she is the Sports at 590 morning show host and a former professional women's hockey player. Uh, she played with Mary Philippe Poulin, Laura Stacy, tons of the top players that we're going to see at World Championships this week. Uh, so that's what we got going on for the next hour. Uh, but again, it is a Calgary Flames game day. They're playing the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. Pre-game starts here at 6 uh, right here on Sports at 960. Calgary's won four straight games. They're in the midst of their longest win streak of the season, coming at absolutely the right time and once again have a chance to tie the Winnipeg Jets for the second wild card spot in the Western Conference with a win against Chicago tonight. Uh, the Blackhawks have lost eight in a row and they've now officially been eliminated from playoff contention. They're also last in the league with a nice two-point cushion for that spot. That's right. They've got the best odds at drafting Connor Bedard at next, uh, or I guess winning the lottery. The draft isn't until uh, June, but they've got the best odds at winning next month's NHL draft lottery. A couple lineup notes here for the Flames. Jacob Markstrom gets the start in net tonight uh, with a back-to-back tonight and tomorrow against the Winnipeg Jets. I guess we can assume that we're going to see Dan Vladar in a very massive matchup against Winnipeg tomorrow. So Jacob Markstrom projected starter tonight against the Blackhawks. Chris Tanev took part in today's morning skate. Uh, Daryl Sutter said after practice that he's a game-time decision and that it's going to be Chris Tanev's choice. It'll be up to him. Uh, if he slots into the lineup tonight. Uh, but at morning skate, Tanev did skate on a pair with Noah Hannafin, which left Mackenzie Wieger and Rasmus Anderson together on that top pair, uh, and Zadorov and Stetcher on the third. Peter Mrazek is expected to start for the Chicago Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves skated this morning for Chicago, which is a great sign uh, after he returned to the lineup on Saturday. As I mentioned, Chicago's taken the lead in the Connor Bedard race. Uh, they're 32nd in the NHL right now and have that two-point cushion for the top odds at winning the lottery. You know, this was expected post-deadline uh, after shipping off Patrick Kane, Max Domi, Jake McCabe, and Sam Lafferty. But the Blackhawks have become considerably worse 
after the trade deadline. They're 3-11-1 with a .233 points percentage in their last 15 games after the trade deadline. So this is a huge opportunity for the Calgary Flames. The game against Anaheim, they did win, uh, you know, the other day, but it was way too close. Uh, and we do know as well that the Flames are 0-2 against Chicago this season. It was a different Chicago team. Uh, as I mentioned, they've they've gotten worse in, in recent weeks here. Uh, but the Flames have also looked a lot better. Um, but, you know, the fact remains Calgary needs to be way better tonight than they were against Anaheim if they want to kind of continue this win streak and tie the Jets. They would still be out on the outside looking in. But if they can get on level and points with Winnipeg and then have this big matchup against the Jets tomorrow, if you win... You're in. Still a couple more games left after that. But, you know, a big couple of days for the Calgary Flames here. Uh, to dive into the Flames' chances, let's talk to Darren Haynes from the Canadian Press. He's covered this team for a very long time, and he joins us now on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. Darren, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. I think I've, I've got to open it up first with, like, how would you describe this season so far? What's what's this year been like for, for you covering this team? Something something new every day, it seems. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, just, uh, I don't know. Like it's, it's been it's been bizarre. It, it, underwhelming often, unlucky often. You don't know, you know, like the new bodies, is it, are they just adjusting? But then they're hitting goalposts. They're losing by one goal. They're, 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 they're goal. Like they're a goal away most nights from winning. Like, it's, it's like they, they could be winning the conference if they were better mm-hmm. at three on three overtime. Like it's funny how you look at two of the things that have really been the nemesis for this team. And, and and it's bizarre. Okay, so they can't beat the teams that aren't very good. So the teams at the bottom <laughs> of the standings totally struggled, and they've totally struggled in three-on-three overtime. So if they can make it to the playoffs, the good news is there aren't any teams <laughs> at the bottom of the standings, and there isn't any three-on-three overtime. So it feels like the two things that could that, that were their problems all year that could keep them out of the playoffs may be the things that don't even impact the playoffs. Like, so it's just been a really bizarre year from start to finish, just like just a roller coaster, right? Up, down, just like, just keep a bottle of gravel right beside you if you're a fan because <laughs> it's been one of those types of seasons. Yeah, well, they've kept people kept people in, right? There's been so many ebbs and flows this season, especially down the stretch where it's like, yeah, they're done, it's over, it's done. And then they fire off a couple wins. They're on their biggest win streak of the season right now. They have two back-to-back comeback wins, which we hadn't seen all year. Like, all these little things are starting to click along at the right time for a team that a lot of people were like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but they yeah, put them back in. Yeah. Is it the right time? Is it all coming together at the right time, or is it all coming together a week too late? And that's the that's the, yeah. that's the thing now. Is they're chasing, they're still chasing even a win tonight and a win tomorrow, and they still need Winnipeg to give back at least one point. And that's it. that's a Calgary winning out because they don't have that tiebreaker. So, so they're chasing and they're they're kind of barely hanging on with these two third period comebacks. You, you need everything to go right, and, and, and so far so good, but they still get another week and a half to navigate. So we'll see how it goes. But it's certainly, you know, it, for me, selfishly, it's always way more fun to cover a game that means something. And so uh, so it's, it's good that uh, going to the, you know, driving to the saddle room tonight, it's, it's a game that matters. And uh, the next one's going to matter as well. So it's, uh, it's fun in that regard. 
So you mentioned how this team has struggled against, you know, teams that are out on the outside looking in and they've got, you know, one of the worst, they've, I mean, the single worst team in the league right now, the Chicago Blackhawks at 32nd. Um, but post deadline, the, the team that has the worst points percentage since that trade deadline has been the Anaheim Ducks. And we know the Flames ultimately won, but they did struggle. That was a really close game against a team that has been quite poor down the stretch here. And, and so Chicago comes to town. They've lost eight straight. Like, what did you think of the game against Anaheim? And, and how can the Flames clean it up in a very important matchup against the Blackhawks tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... The, the the thing that they have to manage is 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 the 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 fear of losing, right? They they can't be nervous. They can't go into it kind of guarded, trying to kind of be safe because that doesn't work against teams that are playing loose and and young guys are just flying around out there, right? So, I, I think the key is 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 you got to get up front. Um, I think the the will to come back probably uh, kind of dwindles a little bit if you're those teams that are kind of on the outside. So, so, so don't set them up for success by giving that, letting them hang around or letting them have the lead. You know, you, you got to start fast and kind of put them away early. And I think you have a better, an easier night coming. So I think that's going to be the key is how do they start this game in particular? How does Jacob Markham start this game? You know, that was a, that's been a, a bugaboo for him all season. He had really cleaned it up lately, but again, it was the first shot the other night. So he has to be dialed in. They they need to be able to get through those first five, ten minutes, score first, maybe score the second time, give themselves a little bit of a cushion, then they can settle in. And I'm not sure how much fight you'll get from the Blackhawks, but I'm really looking at that opening 20 minutes to see how this that might dictate how the rest of the night goes. Mm-hmm. And I should correct myself. I said the Ducks have had a worse points, points percentage. Uh, the Blackhawks have had the worst one post-deadline with a .233. Anaheim is .267. But those are the only teams in the league who have a points percentage worse than 300 since the deadline. So the Flames obviously need to be a lot better against Chicago tonight than they were against Anaheim over the weekend. Um, but with that Anaheim game, Darren, it was a bit of an unlikely cast of characters kind of playing the the victor at the end Lucic ties it 4-4 Michael Stone gets it in game winner after missing 20 games the foot injury uh it it was like how did you feel about seeing some of those some of those guys kind of step up when it matters the most and and having Michael Stone come back into the lineup well it's you know it's always fun to see see those guys that are that are that are the lesser lights on the team you know Stone hadn't played in 20 games he Mm -hmm. he was out with an injury and and, and and you almost wondered if you'd seen the last goal from Milan Lucic as an NHLer, but sure enough, he he gets another one, and you know a stetcher with another goal. It was a, it was a, it was a bizarre night that way, but that's a little bit of the theme of of, of how this team has kind of hung around because because the, the the star players like the the, uh, the obviously the Jonathan Huberto, the Nazem Kadri, even the Elias Lindholm's production is down. Like like those guys aren't carrying the team this year. It's been the the Tyler Toffoli's and it's been Michael Backlund and and so it was almost um, hitting that that in a in a must win game again it was not the the stars the the that really stole the game or won the game. It was that kind of supporting cast that is kind of. In, in some regards, kind of doing what they can at this point in the season. So I think this would be a really good time if if, if you're the Calgary Flames to to kind of 
start to see those guys to step up for Huberto to get to have a big night tonight or tomorrow night, Kadri, like those guys that are counted on, relied upon on those top two lines on that top power play to really come through in the clutch here down the stretch and, and maybe put this team on their back. And if they can hit the playoffs, if they can get it, if they can get there, you know, the one thing is they're going to be getting there on a roll. And, and that's exactly how Colorado looked when they played Calgary, what, three, four years ago, entered the playoffs just playing lights out kind of down the stretch because they had to just to get in. And, and, and that carried Colorado for a long time. They certainly rolled over Calgary. So there's certainly a, you know, if they can get in, they're going to have momentum on their side. And, um, you know, sometimes that can carry a little while. And, you know, this Flames team, they're on that four-game win streak, as we mentioned. This is the time of year where we see teams playing with a sense of urgency. They're trying to get in. They're trying to make some noise. They're clicking in the right direction. Like, when you look at this team, is this just a matter of them playing with that urgency? Or is there something else that looks different with this group? Like, what do you kind of attribute to them playing better and starting to put together points more consistently. Yeah. I mean, certainly there is urgency. You saw urgency in the third period against, uh, you know, both of these last two games, to be honest, you know, trailing with really those, those would have been season ending losses uh, in every way. You can't leave two points on the table against those teams. So there is heightened urgency, um, you know, like not to take uh, the shine too much off a four-game winning streak, but they're taking advantage of the schedule that's in front of them. You know, they've they've managed to, uh, you know, do. So are they playing better? Yes, but they're also not up against the kind of the elite of the NHL's opposition right now either. So so they're 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 making hay with a schedule that um, that was right there for them to do exactly that. So so full credit where it's due. Uh, but you know they're going to have to continue to do it, and and it's been again two five four victories over two teams that um, you're on the outside looking in, and so they're playing with fire when you're when you're playing tight games like that against teams that that shouldn't be tight with considering what's on the line for Calgary. So again, mm-hmm. um, you know I, they're they're playing better for sure. You're starting to see starting to see shades of, of kind of the Jonathan Huberto that you. You kind of wanted to see all season. I think he's got 10 points in his last 11 games. Kadri's got five points in his last five games. You're starting to see uh, glimpses of that, so that's certainly contributing. Jacob Markstrom's been great lately. So you're starting to see some of those star players that have struggled through much of the season. So that would be a contribution. But also I think it's a lot of just really taking advantage of of, uh, what's been out there for their schedule lately. Sure. And I mean, that is true. Like this is the Flames have the easiest strength of schedule for the rest of the year in the entire league. But the fact that they are actually winning those games is like a, a, an improvement for this team because they weren't winning those games. And yes, they're closer than you want them to and they're not dominating those games in maybe the way that you would like. But I mean, the Flames of a couple months ago would have lost to the Anaheim Ducks. They did lose to the Anaheim Ducks. So, you know, it's maybe not happening in the perfect way, but this this is technically improvement because this is not a team that was able to capitalize on strength of schedule. Like I looked at the strength of schedule and saw that they had the easiest one down the stretch. And I was like, well, does that matter? Because they haven't been able to take advantage of that in the past. And at the very least, we're seeing that seeing them do that right now. 
Yeah, and then you're also seeing some puck luck, right? I think you're also they're starting to get a little bit of, of some breaks. That that not that they're getting lucky now, but they were getting unlucky earlier in the season. So there are several. Oh, yeah go back to so where where losses should have been wins with a with a little bit of, of, of good fortune with one more save with with one more penalty kill with one more power play goal so I think yeah so I, I want to be very careful in that I'm not saying they're being lucky right now but I think more so if you look back there was a probably a unusually high amount of, of unlucky for most of the season so I think that's kind of starting to balance out and that's certainly helping. For sure. You know, at the end of the day, Darren, as we kind of have this conversation, looking at how the Flames have looked and looking at the kind of path to the playoffs, obviously a huge game against the Winnipeg Jets looms large tomorrow. Do you think the Flames can make the playoffs? Like, realistically, when the season's over, are the Flames in the second wildcard spot? Are you looking for a prediction? <laughs> what do you think? Like, do you have, like, a, you know, cautious optimism, confidence? You don't think it's going to happen? Like, what's your – I'm vibe-checking you, I guess, we should say. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I think that, yeah, that's, that's fair. So – you know, I think it. I think what I what what works to Calgary's advantage and and uh, is is the the rest of the schedule here. So so you know, obviously they have to put away tonight's game. If they lose, let's say they lose in Winnipeg, but lose in overtime, which they're pretty good at doing, losing in overtime. <laughs> they're 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 quite good at that. So that wouldn't shock anybody if they if they maybe lose in overtime. Even that doesn't put a nail in the coffin, though. What what really interesting to see play out is Winnipeg's last two games are in Minnesota, in Colorado. Now, those can be not as dangerous as advertised if both of those teams are home and cooled, but they're not. Minnesota, Colorado, Dallas are in a real three-way dogfight for first in the division, and there's incentive to finish first because you don't want to play one of the other teams I just mentioned. You want to play Seattle if you Mm -hmm. are in that. So there's going to be incentive to win that division, maybe right down to that final day. So that's going to work to Calgary's favor when Winnipeg is going to have to go into XL Energy Center and go into the ball arena in Colorado, whatever it is in, in Colorado. Those those could <laughs> yeah. be two real tough games. So, um, so if, I'm going to say, yes, they're going to shock the world and they are going to sneak into that eighth spot. And um, what I don't know is who they're going to play, but could you imagine if it's Edmonton again? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be more... <laughs> devastating i'm gonna use the hyperbole here i think if the flames miss the playoffs because the jets make it it'd be like eh, it was a good try uh but if if there were a world where the nashville predators like back end their way in i think that would be like the most devastating of outcomes if it's not oh winnipeg God. it's not calgary it's nashville i'm just be like oh no oh no <laughs> what happened here yeah, Nashville is, is, as much as they were, you know, kind of a, they put in a, a good fight after, you know, like how many guys did they trade away and, and injuries and all that, but uh, they still have such a grind. Now they do have games that matter. Nashville is a, is, a, is a big piece of this because they're playing Calgary and they're playing Winnipeg. So there's those two games. They also have Minnesota and Colorado left. So yeah, Nashville's got a tough schedule, but because they do have those head-to-heads, you, you can't rule them out either. It's kind of fun. I kind of hope yeah. Seattle- the pack because I like a four-way race if I can have one over a three-way race but it looks like Seattle's starting to to put enough of a enough of a, a kind of a cushion in there mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah you know we'll, we'll see but I, I, I think Calgary has a shot they definitely need to at least 
uh, get a point. They have to win tonight, get at least a point out of Winnipeg, and then they really need that Colorado-Minnesota games to matter. And then I think they, they could kind of sneak in on the last day. It could be even be come down to scoreboard watch. And Calgary is not one. There's 30 teams in action on the – I think it's the Thursday, the 13th, and uh, Calgary is not one of them. So it'll be scoreboard watching <laughs> – uh, like on the biggest TV you can put the scoreboard on will be on, on that Thursday and, and Calgary if those games matter for uh, for Winnipeg, or sorry, if that game matters for Winnipeg. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's interesting because almost every single playoff spot is locked up. Um, the Colorado Avalanche can clinch a spot tonight with a win against the San Jose Sharks in any fashion. If they do, that will seal each divisional playoff spot in the league, but both wild card berths in the East and the West are still up for grabs. So even though everything in the East is kind of locked up, there's still lots of jostling for position that can happen. Obviously, the wild card races are very interesting. There's 11 games on tap tonight around the NHL, including Flames versus the Chicago Blackhawks, and nine of them have playoff implications. So this is like a fun yet stressful time for fans. Obviously, the Flames are in action. The Predators are playing Vegas. They're still in that race. And the Kraken are playing against the Canucks. So they can kind of tighten their hold on that first wild card spot uh, if they beat Va- uh, Vancouver tonight. They're three points ahead of Winnipeg right now with a game in hand. So I do think that Seattle is probably going to stick in that spot. Uh, but obviously, the Jets... Flames Preds has been an interesting one to watch um, to look at tonight's game a little bit with you Darren and we're talking to Darren Haynes from the Canadian press he's covered the Flames for what 20 years how long Darren 30 years Very long uh, yeah and going back to 1990 the year after they won the Stanley Cup in fact they used to think I was the jinx for the longest time because they won the oh. Stanley Cup I got a journalist <laughs> got out of journalism and, uh, and and started kind of covering the games for CP and uh, that was in that 89-90 season. And then they proceeded oh. to go, what, 15 years without winning a playoff round. <laughs> so this is all your fault is what you're it saying. My, totally my fault. <laughs> uh, but we are chatting with Darren Haynes on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline to, to look at the game tonight against the Blackhawks. Uh, Jacob Markstrom is projected to get the start, meaning we probably see Dan Vladar tomorrow against the Jets. Do you think that was the right move, the right way to kind of pair off the two goalies in, in this back-to-back? It will not be Dan Vladar tomorrow. Um, talking to, you know, like Daryl Sutter today, he kind of like, no, this is, they are in game seven, um, um, game seven territory. This is, every game is going to be, so it's going to be Marshall tonight. Um, someone asked him about uh, playing back to back and he said, look at the last time Jacob Marshall went back to back and he had a really good outing on the second game. Yeah, this, oh. Dan Vladar's work is for this season is done while Calgary is still in contention unless there's an early hook here. It's going to be Marshall tonight and I would guarantee it's going to be Markstrom again tomorrow in Winnipeg and that's that's he's going to go this is Daryl Sutter and and I can't blame him because Markstrom's been good as he's going to go down uh, fighting with his guys with his stars with his veterans and um, yeah so so it so I think it's uh, I was I thought maybe they'd go Vladar tonight just because mm-hmm. of the opponent but he there you can't he doesn't he doesn't want to it's a, it would be viewed as by Daryl as, as taking a team lightly so he and he can't like he just he, this is a must-win game until the next must-win game which will be tomorrow night and he's going to keep going back to Markstrom he got he gave every sense of that without saying it from listening to Sutter's uh, presser after uh, morning skate this morning interesting um do you think that's the right move to to go markstrom back to back 
Yeah, you know, Marshall got two periods off the other day, and so I think he's had like there's it's it's um, I think his last full game was on the uh, was on the weekend, maybe on when was it on Friday? I don't know the days are all blurring together for me, but but he had two <laughs> periods off the other night, and. You know, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, Marstrom is the guy that you can count on. I think Vladar has been good enough that if you had him in the game tonight, my my gut was it was going to be Vladar tonight and then go back to Marstrom in the big game. For sure, I always expected Marstrom to play tomorrow night. I just it was tonight that was in question for me. But I can see the rationale. I can see the rationale. And, and, and Daryl just said, you know, you go with your, you know, this is this is our ace. You know, that's it's a game seven scenario. We kind of used all the... You kind of all those kind of analogies, and uh, so like I said, he left very little doubt that it's going to be Markstrom tonight, and and pretty much Markstrom again tomorrow night. All right, interesting. You know what? I don't even know why I would think that it would be Dan Vladar tomorrow. <laughs> I don't even know why I try to predict things anymore at this point either. We'll see. That Daryl Sutter is a tough one to crack, uh, except when it comes to writing his number one goalie. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, a couple more minutes left here with you, Darren. Who's been the most valuable player this season? Has it been Michael Backlund or Tyler Toffoli? Hmm, great question. Can they share it? Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, you have to pick one. Yeah, I'm gonna say Toffoli just because he's had the the like like he's been the offensive catalyst. He's been the the guy that got them the goals when they needed them. Come up clutch time and time again um you know Backlund's been been excellent so it's that's not a, a slight on Backlund you just made me choose so uh but yeah I would say uh, to Foley with a slight edge over Backlund but those two guys kind of stand alone in the forward ranks is, is the two guys that have kept Calgary in it that's why I thought it was appropriate the other night when Backlund makes that saucer pass to to Foley to to uh, win the game in uh, Vancouver because they had been those two guys that had kept them in the season to that point. So why not those two guys get keep, extend the season a little bit, a little bit further? So those two guys for sure up front, and and uh, you know I really like Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Weegers really coming around on the back end. So another couple guys that I think have really kind of stood out for me on on the back end. And the Flames get Tanner back today. Don't forget there's another just to kind of throw that in there. The other thing we learned today, well unofficially it's Chris Tanev's decision says Daryl Sutter yeah. so you know Chris Tanev would probably push a wheelchair out there on the ice if, if that allowed him to play so, so Chris <laughs> Tanev is going to be back in the lineup as well after missing the last six so that'll be a, a nice little uh, in, injection of of uh, veteran and poise on the back end so a couple of updates from today's uh, morning skate yeah Chris Tanev I'm pretty sure he tried to play through his shoulder injury last year. Like, I think he, I remember in the playoffs, he wanted to come back sooner, but they're like, no, <laughs> like you can't. Yeah, he's a um, warrior. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mackenzie Weger has been very good, specifically during this kind of four game win streak. Yeah, he's been like, you know, I think he's been, you know, I think there was some nervousness early in the season. And I, I think, um, you know, Huberto and, and, um, and uh, Uyghur both had uh, adjustments. They're, they're coming from Eastern teams. They spent their whole time in the Eastern Conference, come to the West, come to a new coach. It's a lot of change. It's a lot of change. But, yeah, Uyghur's really been just like he's been a real go-to guy. And, and now you know, Daryl's been trying to find out what's the right what's the right combos on the blue line. And, and he's got Uyghur and Anderson together now. And uh, Uyghur, um, 
yeah, Weaver has been really good. Like he's, he's, the points are going in now. The goals are going in now. Um, he's, he's, he's out there constantly blocking shots. He had a huge uh, shot block uh, that led to the tying goal, I guess it was on um, the other night when they beat um, Anaheim. So yeah, like he's someone that I think now people are starting to just relax a little bit from the fan base because, you know, he comes in, signs a big contract. And I think initially people are like, what are we getting here? Uh, But I think now they're starting to see the value there. And this is going to be a guy that I think is going to be a really big piece of this blue line kind of moving forward and has really stepped up these last, as you said, during this winning streak and kind of just over this last month and a half. And they've been playing 700 hockey for the last uh, four or five weeks. So, and and Uyghur's been a big part of that. Absolutely. Well, great stuff, Darren. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, you too. All right. There goes Darren Haynes uh, for the Canadian Press. You heard him there. He, uh, he's he been covering this team for a very, very long time, so always nice to get the insight from Darren in that conversation. On the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, using the same secret recipe since 1975. You can dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take order delivery at 403 248 44. Uh, we are going to head to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Ailish Forfar from the Fan 590 Morning Show, former professional women's hockey player, to tee up the upcoming Women's World Championships puck drop starts uh, tomorrow. And yes, it does sound like from Daryl Sutter that it's going to be Jacob Markstrom back to back. That's my bad. I'll own that. I said we'll probably see Dan Vladar tomorrow. I'll own it. I'm sorry. Thanks for that, Darren. Uh, we're going to head to break, and we'll be right back on Hockey Central and Sports at 960 The Fan. You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, Hockey Central continues here on Sportsnet 960. One final note I'm going to make about the, the back-to-back in the goalie conversation here. So there's been nine sets of back-to-backs played this season. Three times the Flames have gone with the same goalie in both sides of that back-to-back. Twice with Jacob Markstrom and once with Dan Vladar. Let me know in the text line 960-960, do we agree with the Flames going back-to-back with Jacob Markstrom at such a critical point in the season? I understand... The idea of let's go with our guy, we need him to step up right now, and Markstrom has been playing better lately. But I don't think it's playing down to an opponent to start Dan Vladar against the Chicago Blackhawks when it was Dan Vladar who came in in the second period against the Anaheim Ducks and won them that game after Jacob Markstrom got pulled in the first, letting two goals in, including the first goal and the first shot. So... Let me know in the text line, 960-960. Do we think Dan Vladar should have started tonight and Jacob Markstrom tomorrow? Do you like the idea of going back-to-back? Just give your number one goalie the reins. Let's see what he can do. Uh, we can talk about that later in the show if we have a little bit of time. But in the meantime, we're going to go to the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline because we have Ailish Forfar on the line. She is the host of the Fan 590 Morning Show, former professional women's hockey player. Ailish, thanks for doing this. What's up? Haley, long time no chat. How are you? <laughs> I know. I like talking to you at, you know, 2.30 p.m. versus 5 in the morning. This is so much better. A little bit better. Yeah. 
So Women's World Championships start in Brampton tomorrow. I know you're going to be there. We'll hang out in the press box during the Canada Games. Uh, Canada has won back-to-back World Championships plus the Olympic gold medal in 2022. They start their title defense against Switzerland tomorrow night. How are we feeling about the Canada three-peat? Honestly, I'm feeling really good, Haley. I think it also has to do with just the way they had that incredible comeback uh, victory in the rivalry series down 3-0, finding a way to like just turn it on and win four straight. Like That's a team that has come together. And when I talk to my former teammates on the team and some of my friends, they talk about just the the way that this team is united and the best chemistry and the best vibes that they've ever had. And I think you can really see that, not only because they're winning back-to-back titles and a gold medal and this rivalry series, but to be down 3 nothing to find a way back, that's leadership that's fortitude that's everything clicking from coach down to to rookie players so i'm feeling like they're really deep they're really smart uh they're experienced and those are kind of the things that would scare me the most if i was the united states or any other country headed into that tomorrow's start of the world championships yeah and i'll have a you know kind of a comprehensive preview of the entire tournament looking at canada the u.s and the rest of the field out at the athletic tomorrow and, you know, for a sneak peek for people listening, you know, basically I've gotten into Canada's going to be really hard to beat. Like they've got an experienced roster that has largely remained intact through these kind of golden years of the Worlds in Calgary, the Olympics and last world championship. And and what's so interesting about Canada right now, as you kind of mentioned, they won in such dominant fashion in Beijing, just, you know, setting records their offense was incredible and then they went to the last world championships in denmark and they won in a completely different way they were gritty they grinded it out they were stingy defensively and i had a chat with troy ryan the head coach of team canada and and he kind of said like what if we could put those two things together and and have that offensive mindset but still be really stingy and gritty and hard to play against I think we'd be pretty dangerous. And I think we started to see that at the rivalry series towards the end and the way that they kind of came back and won. Like I just, Canada is the team to beat. (laughs) There's just so much talent on this roster. Every single line on team Canada has two natural centers, one who can shoot left and one who can shoot right. Like it's, I I don't know if I've ever seen this before. (laughs) No, it makes such a difference. Like as someone that played center, um, I also like sometimes transition to the wing, but just think about it. If you have two natural setters on every single line, just think of at least the defensive strength that comes from, doesn't matter which line's out there, right? They have that extra added ability to defend in their own zone. But you look at the, the way that their their roster, it's depth for me. You know, like they used to be a team that had Poulin, Dawu, and Spooner. And now it is, think, think, name someone on the third line, name someone on the fourth line. They have so much depth that, that's what I saw during the rivalry series as well. And we talked about this before me and you um, off the air, but mm-hmm. I'm obviously a big Laura Stacey fan. We played together yeah. for like 10 years straight as line mates and midget junior and at university. And then also professionally. And she has just come into her own, I think in the last calendar year. And I don't think I could have said the same thing about her in her first Olympics, right? She, she was kind of on the bubble. She hadn't really figured out where she was. Um, what her what her like opportunity was on this team. So having her fire and having someone like Jamie Lee Rattray that's so hard to play against, Blair Turnbull, like I think it's it's a team that you 
you you you struggle to find a pinpointed area of weakness, right? And that's not usually the way that Canada looked in the past. They were very top heavy. They had some really really great goal scorers. But think about who's in net. Think about their defense coils. We've got some young studs out there. It's really exciting. I know I sound like a homer. I am. <laughs> I think that yeah, that's fine. Do, yeah, they're <laughs> going to do big things. Um, and there's nothing like the home crowd too. And and having that opportunity to do this again in Brampton, you know that it's going to be probably jam packed almost every single time that they step on the ice. I just think it's just it's everything's turning up Canada right now. Their tournament to lose really. It's their moment. And I feel like they have the right leadership and core and coaching staff to capture that. And we didn't even talk about Spooner, who's back too. And like that's a that's a big boost just in terms of like the energy mm-hmm. and the leadership he brings to this team. So it's all looking really good. And they, and they don't have many new faces, right? And that's uh, that was surprising to me a bit because sometimes you look at this um, gap years between the Olympics as an opportunity to get some younger players to to get mm-hmm. on some reps before the Olympics, but. Hey, if it's going well, you kind of you kind of stick with them, I guess. Yeah, and on the other side of it, you know, it's it's been really interesting to see the way that the U.S. team has kind of handled losing to Canada in the last three major oh, international events. Like they're basically they're not rebuilding because they still have a lot of talent at the top of their roster, but they're in this kind of evolving stage, right? Team USA cut five typical faces from their roster and have brought in five players who are going to make their world championship debut and they did this four days before the tournament so we're going to kind of see an evolution stage for team usa i don't know what their identity is right now i don't know what they're going to look like i i know what hillary knight's going to do i know that their blue line's very deep i mean that is going to be a problem for team canada because team usa has a lot of talent on the back end and caroline harvey is is going to be probably one of the best in the world maybe right now and maybe a year from now but she is incredible but there's a lot of unknown commodities on team usa right now a lot of young faces who we don't really know what they can do at the international level and as somebody who played in the ncaa and as somebody who knows people who made the transition from the ncaa to this kind of stage like that's not easy just because you were a stud in college doesn't mean it's always gonna translate right away at this level right so we're gonna see what happens with the american team with a lot of of young new faces being integrated into that lineup i was super surprised when they first announced that american roster but then i thought to myself they kind of had to do that at this point right like they had a multitude of losses, both in, in, in pretty devastating fashion and, and in a close sense as, as well. But they kept some of their core guys, sorry, girls, <laughs> yeah, the guys, you know, that's how we talk. Yeah, just the boys. Uh, the dudes on those, TV USA. <laughs> dudes. They kept the dudes. But I know, honestly, when I saw it, I thought, yeah, I guess if I'm America, I'm looking for something to spark this team. And you mentioned the transition from college into the international level. Like, it's definitely not easy, but at the same time, maybe a little bit less pressure on these guys, <laughs> these girls, because they haven't had really like this this lengthy run of being a, a national team member. They haven't had the pressures of of seeing like victory slip from their grasp. They haven't had the back to back defeats and the, and the silver medal at the Olympics and the rivalry series as well. So. I, I do think that can be a scary factor about the Americans because if they have a bunch of new faces that don't really 
have too much weight on their shoulders yet. Just go out there and play hard, play the way you were playing in college where you were one of the best players. And yeah, you're not going to be a top line center, but you're going to learn from Hillary Knight. And it's just going to be the first time she's ever capped at the world championships, which actually really mm-hmm. surprised me. I, I did. I was surprised that she had never worn the C, but I think that could be actually a pretty scary facet of the Americans. Something that maybe Canada isn't prepared for as well because you know they haven't matched up against these kids that often so it'll still always be these two head-to-head I still give Canada the, the edge up just because of the way that this course stuck together so strongly like they must go into that locker room with such a sense of belief that is dangerous you know you're a rolling right now you are unstoppable you're winning 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 so there's a level of confidence there but at the same time you gotta if you're gonna talk to talk you gotta walk the walk you gotta be able to to defend gold on home ice there's a lot of pressure on Canada so that would be the only thing I could think of that would lead to a collapse is can you handle all eyes all pressure the back-to-back-to-back idea that you could do this at home but I I Mm -hmm. believe we got it (laughs) I mean it's a good point because Canada hasn't won you know they haven't won more than two world championships in a row since their dominant stretch from 1990 to 2004 when they won eight straight. Like it's been the Americans who've dominated this tournament specifically. And I think it's a great point that you made about, you know, the freeness that some of the young players might be playing with that are coming in from college, because I think Canada got that boost uh, mm-hmm. at the world championships that were hosted in Calgary when Sarah Fillier came in and took the world by storm and Claire Thompson and Ella Shelton. They had all these new young faces. They were integrating into that lineup at the world championships in Calgary and they won a gold medal and people were like, Hmm, this is a lot of young people. I don't really know who you are. And they and just, worked. they came out and they were excellent. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, you mentioned Hillary Knight. That's the news of the day. She's, been given to see Kendall Coyne Schofield is not going to be at this tournament after announcing she's pregnant with her first child. Uh, I talked to Hillary Knight today. She seems dialed in like she hasn't even really thought about what it means to wear the C yet because she's just ready to play tomorrow, which is kind of a scary thing. Uh, but scary. in other news on the Canadian side, Mary-Philippe Poulin once again is going to wear the C for Team Canada. She will become Canada's longest serving captain at the Women's World Championship, uh, passing Haley Wickenheiser, who led Canada at six tournaments. What does it mean for the Canadians to basically have the ultimate trump card in Mary Philippe Poulin as their on and off ice leader. I mean, it's pretty hard to to put words on that one. I think for me, it's just a level of stability, a level of confidence that she pulls out tricks and stops, and she's captain clutch for a reason. So, like, let's say you're down three one in a gold medal game. I think you have this level of comfort that it has been done before you have the leader, you have the person that is, uh, you know, going to be the goat. And I, I read your athletic article today. I thought it was awesome to see how much respect she gets from not only her Canadian teammates, but those around her, because it's simply put like she is the best. And I think if you're in that Canada locker room, you're led by a player that not only is the best on the ice, but the best leader off the ice. It's, it certainly can be that factor that puts you over the edge in a tough scenario and it's in a tight game. So she is something that is, I don't know if we've seen it in sport, the way that she can just carry herself as a leader, how she can be the most dominant player every shift, um, the way that she inspires, like, off the ice, too. Like, it's hard to value all those things together. I'm lucky that I've got a chance to play with her before, to learn from her, even though we're, you know, 
or friends, it's, it's something special that we have as, as Canadians to have her wear and see. Uh, there's no one else for it, really. I think if, uh, if her career is on, you know, the cusp of winding down, which I don't think is too far-fetched to say. I don't think she's going to play till she's 50. But, you know, she's she's <laughs> in the, the second, the later stages of her career. She still is one of the best players on the ice every single time, even with these young kids coming up. So I think Canada's got everything they need right now set up in a way that they can feel confident every time they step on the ice. And anytime they're down in a scenario, because you said it, like she, she's the trump card. She's the, the one that can go out there and do it all herself um, and elevate those around her. So Canada's, Canada's super lucky. And uh, I'd love to see her have another opportunity to put that gold medal on and hoist that trophy because she's certainly had a, a career that I don't know if we'll be able to see that again. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things that came out of the story that I did on The Athletic that you just mentioned, um, and for people listening, uh, essentially I did an anonymous player poll where I spoke to as many players from Team Canada and Team USA as possible. Uh, I spoke to over three quarters of the players who are going to represent both of their countries at this tournament and just asked them a bunch of questions. 13 questions. Who's the best player in the world? Who's the best defender? Who's the GOAT? And I don't know if I should have been surprised, but I think because when you talk to fans of the sport, the GOAT conversation always goes to Haley Wickenheiser. But when you talk to players who are currently playing women's hockey at the elite level, it's Mary Philippe Poulin. It's Hillary Knight. They have respect for Cami Granado and Haley Wickenheiser and what they did for women's hockey. But when you ask them, like, who is, who is the greatest of all time? It's Mary Philippe Poulin. And I, I was pleasantly surprised by that answer that everyone's just, you know, she's still playing right now, but it's her, like she's hit that level and, you know, we can, we can say that comfortably about Poulin now. No, no doubt about it. I mean, and I think maybe just because we've played against Poulin, like I've been in the corner with her, I've been on the bench with her. I think that it gives you just a little bit more of a, um, maybe even a recency bias, like not many of us have played with Haley Wickenheiser, although I grew up watching and kind of, you know, dreaming and aspiring to be her. It's definitely easier when you've played against the player and you've seen her and you know what she is as a leader off the ice too. Um, but yeah, the the one thing I, I pulled from this as well was how much respect Jocelyn LaRock got. And I was very, mm-hmm. um, very happy to see that because she's one of my like unsung, you know, uh, heroes as well and she was certainly highly voted in a lot of your your article about being one of the toughest to play as one of the hardest um defenders in the league um or on the ice so i'm glad that she got the the shine that she did because she's not a flashy player right so i was impressed to see that yeah i jocelyn larock got a lot of love um Laura Stacy got a lot of love as someone who's very irritating to play against. And I think that's a compliment. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, she's very fast. She draws a lot of penalties. People are like, I hate playing against Laura Stacy. And that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing for Team Canada. Uh, thanks for doing this, Ailish. I'll, I'll see you at the tournament. I can't wait. Of course. Well, yeah, bring snacks the because there's there. nothing. Oh, yeah. For sure. I'll be up in the press box. I'll bring you some snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay. I'll see you there.
There goes Ailish Forfar. She's the host of the morning show on the Fan 590. Former pro women's hockey player played for the Markham Thunder and the CWHL with Jocelyn LaRock, with Laura Stacy. Uh, lots of good insight from somebody who who knows these players in a different way. Um, Going to look at the text line here a little bit. We did get one note about the Team USA rosters we were talking about. As I mentioned, five lineup regulars were cut for newcomers. Uh, and the texter says it probably means that the newcomers had a better camp and therefore will make the team stronger. Uh, I did have a, a long conversation with the head coach of, of TBUSA, John Robleski, and that's that's essentially it. I mean, these young players, they came in with the pedigree and the reputation from college, uh, and they had really good camps, and they, they stole spots from players who've who've been on the U.S. roster before. At the same time, I do think the American team is, is facing this moment of, okay, we haven't been good enough to beat Team Canada. Do we trot out the exact same roster and hope that we can, you know, improve here? Or do we try to find some new faces, some new upcoming rising stars in the women's games? So there's a lot of players like under the age of 25, a lot of players who are going to be making their international debuts, uh, and a couple players who've kind of been there, been in the fold for a while, who are, are going to be left at home. Uh, so it's going to be a new look Team USA at this tournament. Uh, we've got to get out of here. That's all the time that we have for the show. We did get a couple notes before we go uh, about the Markstrom Ladar conversations. Uh, you know, one texter says it should be Markstrom. This is Paul in Calgary. He thinks it should be Markstrom. The team needs to know how important uh, this is. Don't let their guard down. It's got to be Markstrom in this game and tomorrow. Um, you know, another person said Markstrom gets tired when Sutter plays him too much. I think you should rest him tonight and play him in the peg. Uh, another texter saying Markstrom is the right choice. Vladar hasn't been great lately when we need him. Uh you know, as long as Markstrom starts, as long as Markstrom stops the first shot, he should be the right choice. That's from Denise. So a bit of a split here. Obviously, we do know that we heard from Daryl Sutter earlier today that uh, it's going to be Markstrom back to back. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's all right here on Sports at 960, your home of the Flames.